BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. A little snow couldn't scare me, guys. I'm back at the office. You're where you normally are, both at home, which must be nice. So, uh, good morning, guys. How are we doing? Was I shorting that snowstorm? Yeah, you and, uh, what was that You're Monday? Correctly short the snow. All oh, shorts yeah. are working right now, including snowstorm shorts. Uh, do you yeah. do you want to hear a, a good story? And I can't remember the name of the guy. All right, it was more than one guy, but uh, back in Chicago, when I was in the S and P five hundred futures pit, there was a guy that made a market in snow futures, and basically the market was how much snowfall the city of Chicago would get for the winter, and. It would be, you know, it'd be nice, and it would be a real market. And then there'd be the well, we didn't have quite the weather predictions that we have now, but there'd be a call for a big storm. The market would run up. There'd be all kinds of volume in it, and then you know the storm wouldn't be as big. So that was fun. It would, they're called snow futures. Can you believe that people actually wagered on how much snow the city of Chicago? Wait, if, if, why does that not exist today? I'm sure that exists. Is this, exists like, is this like off the book, Joe? Was this like off books? This is like. Oh, well, he had a book in his hand. I, can't th- I could see the guy. He was short. He had a mustache. I'm sure this still exists. I uh, Well, there's nobody on the floor to do it. But you know what also they used to have? They used to have a 13-run pool, which was fun for baseball. Yeah. If anybody's on the floor, anybody remembers this? You, you know what a 13-run pool is, right? I, uh, yeah, we, we've talked about this before. Oh, sorry, Spencer. You no, 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 it's okay. That's okay. Well, All right, tangent. S&P's down 40 cents. Ooh, we just, something happened here. Uh, a the, little, well, the a ECB, little wish down. The ECB, ECB just dropped their statement. Uh, that, that 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 came a few minutes ago. Like, so okay. Could have been, could have been that. Well, the the break that Dennis is look, was looking for, it finally came. It came in, in, in a heartbeat, in an absolute heartbeat. Uh. The close is irrelevant today. Seventy-seven and a quarter is mirage. We're, I I would feel very safe saying we're not going to see the close today. We're hanging out near yesterday's low, uh, which is forty-five thirty-five. Pre-market low forty-five twenty. If you're looking for me for for support in the market, you're going to have to go somewhere else because I don't. The way we went up, that's just the way we could possibly go down. Uh, crude's in the red by a buck oh three at eighty seven twenty three. Gold down eight twenty at oh two thirty. Silver going the same way, down thirty eight cents twenty two thirty three. Uh, Bitcoin's getting really interesting here now that it can't clear forty. It's down nine fifteen at thirty six six twenty. And Ethereum futures. They're down 4.29%, at 26.09. Triple D, I would have loved to been a fly on the wall when those Facebook earnings came out. 
because the first thing you did was probably cancel all your bids and try and hit bids in every related stock. Did you did you get picked off on anything? Dennis, you're on mute. You're on mute, Dennis. Dennis. This is the first time Dennis has ever been Dennis. on mute. Oh, wow. You know why? Because I had to make a trade, so I'm, <laughs> because I'm mute. No, I, I'm not an idiot. I don't have bids sitting out there when Facebook earnings are imminent. It's when these random stuff comes out that I was like, oh. <laughs> so I, I didn't have any bids out there to get picked off on, so that's the good news. Um, the bad news is for the market, I mean, this is ugly. Bad. This is ugly for Facebook. And I'll just say, like, and I, I told this story on the pre-pre-market show, and then we'll get into the Facebook earnings, but um, it's down 22% this morning. And I just, you know, looking back, and nobody, you know, probably knows this unless they were trading, but, you know, if, if somebody does know it in the chat, I'll just ask right now, dude, does anybody really know which stock really kicked off? Let's see how the, good our chat is. What, let's yeah, let's see how good the chat is. Which stock really kickstarted the tech bubble burst back in March of 2000? Does anybody I'm, know? My buddy is on Easy Mike or Spinner. I don't know if anybody's going to get this. The only reason I know it is because I was trading actively back then. And yeah. I can remember. And the markets were right near all-time highs. NASDAQ was near 5,100. And this stock was going to earnings. And it was right near all-time highs as well. And then it, it got cut in half in one earnings report. And it was the most widely owned stock. So I'll give you another hint. It was the most widely owned stock in the year 2000. And it's a stock that's not even traded here now. And it's it a stock a, that actually went off the board. I'm going to give a, a lot of people that are giving stocks and not even around. Uh, or well, that's a good guess I because I just said it's not oh, even wait, around. Wait, wait, wait. Bill got it. Bill got yep, it. Bill. Bill. Uh, I knew game. Bill. I didn't say Bill. It was Lucent see. Technologies. Lucent Technologies. It was an AT&T spinoff. So that's why it was so widely owned. Um, and it was near all-time highs, and it reported earnings. I believe it was back in like right there around March of 2000, and they cut the stock in half from near all-time highs. It was down 51 percent in one day, and I like like was just the jaw hits the floor. I did not think a core and what I didn't own it at the time, but I did not think like a stock that widely owned, the most widely owned stock in the U.S. Losing Technologies got cut in half in one day. One earnings report down 51 percent. And then the death by a thousand cuts on everything started happening. So when you start seeing core holdings getting hammered, it turns people off of stocks because it's one thing for PayPal to fall 25%. It's quite another for Facebook to call to fall 25%. We're down 23% right now on Facebook here. So give us the report and then we're going to break down what it means for the overall Before market. It's before, not good news. Before you give the report, and I know I've told this story before, but we had a trader in the office that was long 100 shares, and it really dinged his account. And I, you know, I pulled him aside, and I said, listen, I said, you know, I know this is a big loss and everything, but probably the best thing you could do is just eat this loss, right? Because yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know if the stock's coming back, but at least clear your head for the day. Get flat and then see what happens. He goes, I'm holding this stock until it goes to zero. And I said, well, it may go to zero. And that and stock went do anything. Uh, up and it, it went didn't down. didn't quite go to zero? No, because it actually Al got taken over, I believe, by Alcatel-Lucent. Alcatel-Lucent, for, yeah. For $2. It was yeah. 120 It got yeah. cut in half that day, I think, to 60 or I might have yeah. them. It was like $100. Yeah. Cut in half to maybe 50 
and then it cascaded and it just went down every single day. It was death by a thousand cuts. And I remember, like, I had a core short position in Lucent. I remember I always wanted to be short Lucent after that. And, I like, 2001 was a very good year for me. And it was like, Lucent would rally, like, 1%, 2%. I'd short it. And it would just go right back down and make money. And it was, like, my biggest stock that year. I must have traded it a thousand times, just literally shorting every single pop on it, sticking short. And I wasn't huge size back then. I was a young buck. I was 23 or 24 years old. But, you know, I can remember making a thousand bucks here and a thousand bucks there, just, you know, packing away, you know, learning as I go. I was like, wow, this loose and it just goes down every single day. So I'm like, it rallies a little bit. I short it. It rallies a little bit. I short it. So I was actually participating in the opposite side of the death by a thousand cuts. And I mean, everybody kept thinking it's got to come back. Everything has to come back. Everything always comes back. We were in the tech bubble, you know, where stocks go only go up. They don't go down. So it's going to come back eventually. And it never came back. It eventually went off the board. I think around $2 or $2.50 when Alcatel. Nortel, JC Jacobs, same exact thing. You're correct. Nortel, which was the most widely owned stock in Canada, became so big. It became 29% of the index. $120 a share. It did go to zero. It was 29% of the Toronto Stock Exchange. Google it. God, 29% it became so big and so dominant because everybody had to own Nortel. It was the future of everything. Telecommunications, being able to communicate without a rotary phone was the future of everything. And you know what? They were right, but it didn't matter. Its valuation was nuts. It went, you know, trading 100 times earnings, you know, all the fun stuff. It actually went off the board worthless. So again, this is where I learned about value investing because I had a few long-term investing portfolios that were investing in tech stocks and they got hammered. I was trading, making money trading. I remember saying, I'm losing more money in my investment account than I am trading. <laughs> but you know, anyways, we go back, let's go back to the Facebook report. Yeah. Sure. Give us the numbers, Spencer, give us the analysis from the yeah. from the call. I and mean, then let's break it down for the market. The crazy thing is the bar wasn't even that high. And they didn't even come close. So, okay, the earnings per share for Facebook, $3.67 for a $3.84 estimate. So they missed the top of the bottom line earnings per share number. The revenue came in a little bit higher, uh, whatever. Um, Going forward, okay, as far as uh, revenue guidance, they guided revenue for the current quarter would be between 27 to $29 billion. Estimate was somewhere in the $30 billion range, so a little bit light on that number as well. The big thing, the big thing was the user growth, okay? Daily active users, monthly active users did not grow quarter over quarter. Now, they didn't decline, but they didn't grow. And for Facebook, for their core business to not be growing is sort of boggles the mind. This is like this. This I don't think this has ever happened before. Where there there are two key metrics, DAUs and MAUs, did not grow from the prior quarter. Um, sort of again, we're talking about Facebook here, right? And it's not just Facebook. Right. It's Facebook. It's Instagram and it's WhatsApp and it's Messenger. Uh, on the conference call, I, I got to tell you, I've listened to you know a decent amount of conference calls in my day. And I struggled to find one that was as bad as that one. That was a pretty brutal one. Even the Robin Hood call it didn't seem like it was that bad compared to yesterday. Um, bottom line is competition. They were very clear on the call. They were very clear. They mentioned the word. They mentioned a variation of the word competition thirteen times, uh, mainly looking at you, TikTok. Um, but that's what it comes down to. They saw this coming. They're no, they're not stupid over there. There's yeah. a reason they announced the the name change and the rebrand and the 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 entry into the metaverse when they did. 
Yeah. Because the core business obviously is, is 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 slowing down. And, and core so, business is it's under attack. Yeah, it's, it's under, under so attack. I can how... look no further than my own home. Yeah. My wife used to spend a lot of time on Facebook. What's going on on Facebook? She only seems to go to TikTok now. She doesn't even look at Facebook. And I mean, Instagram, she's got them all. Um, obviously, you know, social media stuff. But I mean, she's on the TikTok a hell of a lot more than any of the other ones. Yeah. Their core businesses are under attack. And you're exactly right, Spencer. The writing was on the wall. And maybe we should have all saw it that this was eventually going to have a bad report when they're rebranding their name and trying to, you know, get into, you know, you know, and get into other core businesses. So scrambling around. So, you know, valuation was fairly cheap coming in. I think it was trained 22 times. It's going to be a lot cheaper after today. Is it a value stock? It is. But if the core businesses are in decline or not growing anymore and the growth rate was not good, what did they say for the growth rate, Spencer? 8% or something? Yeah, and 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 that's year yeah. and that's year over year. But now, frankly, quarter over quarter is probably the more interesting thing because again, they didn't grow quarter over quarter. That almost that never happens. It's they didn't grow. No growth. Show the pro, Spencer. Show the pro in in the earnings. Uh, I'm just going to give um, a level, and this is going to be the level for the year. Okay, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Two forty five. 245. Do you think it's going to be the yearly low, 245? Well, no, no, no. It, it, that's going to be the number of the year. Like, if this thing doesn't hold 245. Oh, I see what you're looking at. The yeah. 2020 low. So, Joel's yeah. extracting this from the September 25th, week of September 25th. It got down 244 and the 244 again. It might challenge that today. Did it challenge it after hours? Interesting. Uh, no. Right there. No. Someone's Hasn't trying to quite down it, there yet. Yeah. There's a 250, 252 buyer for now. Right now, for now, the yeah. bounce has been 260. So if you're trying to pick a bounce, but you know, you, you want to see what uh, this chart looked like yesterday before the uh, before the yeah. recession? PayPal, yeah. look at that. This right here, yeah. going all the way upper left chart. Okay, this was PayPal in the after hours. They're like, oh well, I'm gonna try and buy that open. Yeah, pre market right here. Yeah. The pre market low was the high of the day. Yeah. That's yeah, no, I don't know. Facebook is by the dip, got, just massacred it, on PayPal massacred. all the it, way down. Four cents. It, it it opened, I think, at uh, what? I can't even know what the handles are. One thirty nine eighty nine. It went to yeah. like one thirty nine thirty two. Yeah. I mean, if you tried to buy that thing off the open and you didn't get out immediately, then you are not listening to Benzinga's pre market prep. This show. is why we're going to bring Mark on in a second, but this is why I have been saying don't chase in this market. We're not in Kansas anymore. You'll get another chance. I mean, and everybody, including Kramer, featuring the Kathy Woodstocks, ARKK, right at the top, right literally at the top of this recent move. He featured it, stock ARKK 7738, and he was saying, you, you know, the time might, might be now to start buying these stocks. It couldn't have had worse timing. ARKK is down in two days, 10% from where Kramer just featured it. And now you look and you're thinking, okay, now what? This is the pullbacks that inevitably keep happening in all these growth names. I have egg on my face here. I took a flyer in Square. Obviously, it went up 20% for me in three days. What do you do when your stock rallies 20% in three days in this market? You sell it. Didn't sell it. Actually added to it. Horrible move. And now I'm actually down in the position two days later. That's unbelievable. And Square is back to where I originally bought it just like that. So, I mean, you got to take the profits in this market while you got them or the market takes them from you. Yes, I put Square in the long-term account. Yes, I'm telling myself, stop trading your long-term account. You like Square. You believe in Dorsey. You believe it's long-term. 
But the trader in me says sell every time you get a 20% profit in three days. Because you know I, what? I, it goes I want to show away. you. I, I'm, I'm going to bring Mark on right now. But I want to show you. I actually I thought there was a mistake yesterday in the Facebook report. Because I'm, I'm going to pull up the, the, the Benzinger Pro news feed right now. And all I did is I went to a news feed. I searched for Facebook. And I filtered it just for earnings headlines, which you can do. And I scrolled back to October, their last report. Look, this is for Q3, October 2021. DAUs, $1.93 MAUs, $2.91. Cool. All right. So now I know what they said last time. What they say yesterday? Again, $1.93, $2.91. Scroll up to yesterday. What they say? Oh, $1.93, $2.91. The same numbers. <laughs> same numbers. But now we're down 22%. <laughs> I there was a mistake. Anyway. Wow. Uh, let's bring on Mark Chaikin to get his thoughts on this. Mark is the founder of Chaikin Analytics. He's the creator of the Chaikin Power Gates, Chaikin Money Flow, Chaikin Oscillator. Names a lot of things after himself. Mark, good morning, man. How are we doing? Oh, just fine. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, we're trying to make sense heads or tails of all this. I mean, it was uh, I, I, Facebook. It seems like the story of the day. But uh, what, what what are you watching right now? I'm watching the uh, the lows from a week ago Monday on the SPY just to make sure they don't break. Uh, and, and if they do break, then this is going to be a more extended decline. Are, so, are you, where are you right now? Like in your own sentiment towards this market? I mean, it is um, a tough uh, market. We've sold off substantially just to recap what's happened in, Jan- in January. We, we were at all-time highs. We had one of the worst sell-offs for a January in the history of the markets. And then we rebounded wickedly in the last few days of January so that it didn't look so bad. Where do you stand in, in, on the overall market here first? I'm still bullish. And okay. I'm looking at three bear markets that have already in place, SPACs, IPOs, and small caps. So it's not as if we haven't had huge damage. And you factor in the Kathy Wood stocks and then the what I call the deplorables, the companies with no earnings and high price to sales ratios, throw back to Hillary Clinton there. Um, we've had a bear market. The question is, what does the S&P do? And are, is there enough liquidity and uh, is there enough funds flow from both retail and institutional with bonds weak uh, to prop up the, let's call it the defensive stocks uh, like the Procter and Gamble's of the world, the um, energy stocks. So, you know, s- sometimes um, putting a label on something is not helpful. That's why I'm looking at the levels and I'm still bullish, expecting higher highs, but perhaps much later in the year. And again, if we close more than 10 percent down on the S&P, which is roughly the I think the 43, um, I don't know, 43.30 level. Uh, you're going to have to have a, a serious double bottom, not what may be brewing here, which is a mini double bottom. So, and very bearish on the stocks you've been talking about. Why couldn't Facebook sell at 10 times earnings if they stopped growing, which would be 145? Or, That's or, a great point in itself. And it crossed my mind as well when I was like, yeah, you get those, you can't help it. It's like the psychology of the market. You see something down $70, you're like, should I put some of that in the long-term portfolio? And I asked myself that specific question. I'm like, if they're not growing, why do they command a 20 times multiple? You know, so, you know, the, the stocks that don't grow, you know, a lot of them in this market are, are 9, 10, 12 times. Exactly. So, I mean, if it stops growing, I think you're right. I think it's, you know, this could be one of those, 
you know, value traps happening here again. And I mean, PayPal's feeling it right now too with their growth slowing and the multiple contracting very, very quickly. So, um, you know, great point you're making. What stocks are you looking at? Wait, hold on, Dennis. Before before you go to that, Mark, that that low is 300 points away in the S&P. 318 points away. Well, you just had a 618 rally. And until the futures tanked after the uh, Facebook report, you were banging right up against the 618 retracement level, which was 4580. Okay. So yeah, it's there. It's 300 points away. But remember, price action is compressed these days. You've got all these flows from CTAs. They flipped bearish uh, a week ago when we closed below the 10-month moving average. So uh, you know, 80 billion dollars of CTA money went bearish on QQQ and SPY. You've got volatility flows. So things are compressed. This isn't your your grandmother's stock market with investment committees and so forth. It's machines moving money around. Not just the high-frequency traders. People get uh, a little bit confused by the headlines. That's a factor very short-term. But big flows, they call them strat, vol strats and CTA flows, have a big – you can be down 300 points in, in uh, two days. That, that's, no, that's no longer a big deal. So okay. RFC RFC asking the same question that I'm going to ask you and I was going to ask you before is – if you see, you know, Facebook not rebounding and, you know, you're bearish of SPACs, like you were saying, you're bearish certain stocks. What are the stocks and sectors that are going to propel us back up if you remain bullish? Well, it's the uh, defensive sectors right now, which, uh, you know, would include stocks like Procter & Gamble. I love K-Rig, Dr. Pepper. Look at that chart. That's a beautiful chart. PepsiCo. And the energy stocks, until proven otherwise, until we see inflation and the threat of war disrupting uh, natural gas supplies in Europe, you have to be in those two sectors. I like growth long term, as you do, Dennis. And so I'm looking at the stocks I like, but I'm I'm not putting my toe in the water because there are sharks in there. So, oh, they're uh, biting and they're biting hard. Yeah. And I got my toe bit on square just because I stuck it in the long term portfolio, a half size position because and this was like a week ago and immediately I got up 20 percent. So I bought it at 106. It went to one hundred and thirty dollars. And I'm looking at that thinking, wow, that's a pretty good return pretty fast. Yeah. Here get, we are two Dennis, days later, right back know, down. Get off that one, Dennis. You made, you know, you, you don't like square. You, no, you. Well, I don't. But you more than anybody know when you have a losing trade, just put it in the in the rear view mirror and move on. Don't you don't have well, it's to not defend, even a loser because you it's don't have to defend it, yourself but... to the public. If you Pardon don't me? feel the, you don't have to defend yourself to the public. You've had winner after winner after winner and you don't waste a lot of mental energy defending this. You did it. But, it didn't work. Move on. But, but again, this isn't in my trading portfolio and I, and just for full disclosure, maybe you don't know this, Mark, I cut my trading portfolio, day trading portfolio every single day at 10 a.m. I go flat no matter what. Every oh. single day for 10 years straight. At 10 a.m., I'm out of everything. This is a 24-hour portfolio. At 10 a.m., I get out of everything because that's when I go and I do my run my errands in the middle of the day. I always hate trading 10 to 2 because it's shop hour and there's not as many inefficiencies, and I love the inefficiencies. So I'm always out of everything at 10 a.m. But I stuck Square in the retirement account because I was like, I like the story long run. Where do I think Square is in five years? I think it's higher. So the question is, do I cut it if it breaks through 100 in the long-term account? Because then I'm confusing trading with investing. And I struggle with this. So I'm asking you because you've been in the markets for so long. I'm, well, I'm a way- very good trader, but I struggle with trading my long-term account and it actually costs me money. 
Well, the way I'm solving that problem partially is I use our power gauge rating. So the power gauge rating on, uh, it's called block, isn't it? No longer square. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the power gauge rating on block has been bearish for uh, four months, five months. I'm looking at stocks that in our rating are what we call neutral plus. They have great, the 20 factor model has great underlying potential, but they're trading below our long-term trend line, long-term moving average. So I'm looking at the beaten down stocks that have neutral plus ratings like Unity and Trade Desk. I'm not looking at the stocks with bearish ratings like Facebook, PayPal, or Facebook had neutral, but PayPal, Square, you know, there's a pattern, PayPal Square, same business. Uh, it's not as if this is these are one-off events. People are back out on the streets and they're not using the internet as much. I mean, we still use Amazon because we're here in the woods in Connecticut, but, and, you know, I'll pay with my MasterCard. But I, I think that, you know, there are definable trends that are shifting and, you know, Square and PayPal are in the, uh, in the crosshairs on that one. So, but I do look at tech here, the stocks where I think there's a story, you know, the yep. metaverse is a little overblown, but Unity is a great stock. And again, Trade Desk, which is into digital advertising. But I got to tell you, I'm doing it with long-term leaps, uh, two-year leaps, and I'm selling uh, out-of-the-money call options every chance I can get to reduce the cost of those leaps. And it's good. I, I bought the leaps on Unity when the stock was 130. I bought the 135 leaps, dropped to 90. But I've already reduced the cost of the leaps by over 20% by selling short dated out of the money calls against them. So that's my strategy. Rather than tie up a lot of capital in these names that could go a lot lower, I'm buying the leaps. The time decay is a lot lower, as you know. And so that's, that's what I'm doing personally. How is Unity different than Square? Like, I would. What is its What is its rating? You know, in, in your in 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 the shake and money flow, what does Unity look like? Because with it getting hit this hard near the lows, I would assume Can't it has. Uh, I would assume it has a bearish power rating as well. No, it's it's got a neutral plus rating. Why? Why? Because the underlying factors, the growth factors, and so forth, are positive, and uh, the yeah, fundamentals. The, yeah, the fundamentals are, are positive, and you know there is revenue growth. There is a hint of an earnings turnaround, meaning from red to black or green. But if there is a metaverse, Unity is going to be at the center of it, in my opinion. And the acquisition of the graphic studio is just a huge plus. Right now, anything that has the hint of Kathy Wood attached to it is is toast. And I, and I agree. And I've said this before and somebody was reaching out to me last night. I've said, you know, I do believe this is one of the best ways to play the metaverse as well. The reason I'm not long it is that I think that the metaverse is going to be important, but I think it's like so early here. I think we're like back to the year 2000 when we were talking the internet stocks and everybody's like, you got a website, this is the future. And it was the future, but it really didn't come yep. for a long time. It built and built and built. And now we're all the, on the internet 20 years later, but I you know go back 20 years, people, some 90% of people didn't have email yet 25 years ago. So yeah. it's changed. I don't want to be too early on this and pay, you know, a nosebleed valuation. Or in the case of Unity, you can't value it as easy because, you know, it doesn't have any earnings at all. So I love the stock. I do believe it's going to be there. But how do I like say 97 is the safe place to buy it? You can't. That's why I did the leaps. And, and if I look what would happen if I bought the stock at 130. 
trades down to 90. And then I've got your dilemma about uh, Square. You know, do yeah. I protect my capital? You buy the leaps, you've committed that amount of money. I know I'm going to get the opportunity 10, 12 times between now and January of 2024 to reduce the cost down close to zero. So I don't have to worry about protecting the capital because I've committed that amount to the leap. But I do have a metaverse story for you. Yeah. Oh, oh I love metaverse. I, yeah. I bought an island on the metaverse uh, three oh, days ago. Oh, come on. Yeah, wait, then, wait, 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 wait. Tell and, then I I go? A, and then I got a tax bill from the state of Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> Some of this metaverse stuff is really ludicrous. That's Who's paying thing. to, you know, better question. Who owns this land that they're selling for two hundred million in the metaverse? Because we hear about the person all the time. He was on CNBC that bought the land for two hundred million. Who sold him that well, land? Because I, I, I want to belong I that think, person. That person that's selling the, the two hundred million dollar land. Who sold that land? The idea is, if you're a developer and you you're the one that coded it, you're the one that you if you built it, think of it like. Well, we want to belong these developers that are selling two hundred million dollar virtual land because those guys are printing money. You're talking about the Fed print money? Those guys are print money. I know. You know, that that's what bothers me about the metaverse, that this, you know, we had this, by the way, with The Sims. Remember The Sims? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's yeah. the same I thing. It's... it's just the same thing, except they've layered NFTs on top of Sims. Yeah. There's nothing uh, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a similar idea, but, uh, but yeah. You know, it's I, the same idea. Let's get serious. Right. People, people need to protect capital here and know where to allocate and what to do. And I think with volatility the way it is, you shrink your trade size. Yeah. Uh, you don't chase, which I think is uh, one of the smartest things I've heard this morning. And you buy the dips when there's blood in the street. And we had blood in the street when the retail traders were buying puts a week ago, uh, Monday and Tuesday. They yeah. first they first they puked out their stock, their longs, then they bought puts in record numbers. And that's when you step your toe in the water in stocks that you know have good solid fundamentals. Mark, before we let you go, um, tell me why the utilities are holding up here. Isn't this contrary to the interest rate environment? I mean, it's just are people just hanging out? I'm looking at the XLU. I mean, even you know the TLT has come off. What you know substantially. What's, go, what's going on with the uh, – are they, they are they just like the greatest short ever or is it just a safe play to keep your money? It's a safe place to keep your money. I typically don't like the utilities as a safe haven. I'd rather go with either good pharmaceuticals or the beverage stocks, which are, you know. I'll drink to that. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Uh, STZ, another really – by the way, the utilities aren't that strong. They're they're still down five six percent from their highs, so they're not that much different than the. Oh, those SEC. are like DTE. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, that's right. There's different ones. Okay, there are one-off utilities that have done well. I, I have no idea why. They probably have natural gas in, in their backyard. But uh, look at STZ if you want to see a stock that you buy on a dip. Again, don't chase. All right, Mark Chaykin joins the show every Thursday. Mark, it's always a pleasure. Stay warm out there. We'll talk to you again next week. Yeah, be well, guys. I like uh, Paul. People are not going to stop using electricity. I like that. I like that. That's yeah, a good probably comment. not anytime in the near future. But you know what? The whole thing with the metaverse, weren't we the all Bitcoin's supposed... going to be in trouble when we lose electricity. I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but kind of like the metaverse, weren't we all supposed to like have like driverless cars by now? 
Like not no driving. It comes cars. a lot slower than what everybody would like. The technology revolution of a new and, and, and disruptive technology comes a lot slower than the market price is in. And this is what you are seeing painfully for the Kathy Woodstocks because she's invested in all the disruptive technology at nosebleed valuations. And it's coming. And she's going to be right with these, these companies that are going to be very disruptive. But she simply paid too much money for them. That's where she's going to be wrong. I want to be in all her stocks. I want to be in those disruptive technologies, but I want to be in them at reasonable valuations. And we may get the shot here yet. Maybe Unity, we get it down there and it becomes more reasonable valuation. Maybe you should be buying Unity today. I've said on this show a couple of times, like people, I like this play for the metaverse as well. But do I want to be long the metaverse right now? That is the question. And that's why I maybe don't own Unity. That's why I've maybe been selling some of my Ethereum. And I'm just scared that we are early on this trade. And the profits are a long ways away. Uh, let's move on to Spotify here. Uh, I, I, Second I, stock of the day. I, I, I do think uh, Meta oh, platforms been is lots having, of stocks. I think Meta platforms is having an influence to some extent on this. Because Spotify, and I'll, I'll tell you the numbers here as we we, Joel, we see Joel's charts. Uh, last quarter was actually a very good quarter for them. The, the numbers that they reported for for their for their fourth quarter came in at the high end of their own prior guidance. It was good. Uh, the the, the backward-looking numbers were good. The forward-looking numbers were not as good, and they were a little bit light, frankly. So the the uh, anxiety here, the price action here, uh, would seem to be hinging on that fact, that their, their MAU guidance and their DAU guidance did come in a little bit above estimates. And there is the un- they admitted that there is, an, there is an unknown here with regards to the potential financial impact of the Joe Rogan situation. Uh, but I think when you throw that in within the context of the Facebook report, which was really bad, and there's just a general sense of anxiety out there with regards to any tech platform and any user growth at all, uh, that's not helping Spotify here. But last quarter was a very good quarter for them. Let's be clear about that. The, the business is is, 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 is functioning is frankly doing performing very well. It's just that their own forward-looking numbers left a little bit to be desired here. So, a couple comments here. Uh, first of all, technically, I'm just looking at the 150 area that monthly low back in June. We uh, hit 143. That I know. I know. That low was 143.01. I, I would have. You would have had to round it off to 150. Right, uh, you had uh, the pre-market lows actually one forty-seven ninety, but that might have been the one. Like if you, had, you know, if you had any kind of the puts or anything, and you wanted to go for some like one fifty, it might have been like upset when it went to one forty-eight. But uh, when it bounced, that was during a conference call when they said that pre-market prep would <laughs> remain on the platform. And then that's when it got the bounce up over ah, back over 180. So uh, I don't know. You're going to have a hard, 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 hard time getting back down here to 150 or under. At least that's in my opinion. I think you got to do a reset here. Um, and if you're looking to get this on the cheap, I think the first thing you look for is the low of the move, 164.41. I don't it even know if you're really going to get that. made a penny. It's tough yeah. to own stocks that don't make money in this environment. Again, I don't know, though. Like I'm very torn long-term. The short-term, obviously, it's been a lot of chop. You're buying dips. You're selling rips. You know, if you're selling those rips the last couple of days, you're happy you did it. 
Um, the long term, it's a tricky market. And, you know, even with Mark on, you know, he likes some of these companies. He's doing it via long term leaps. I do that. I don't buy the long term leaps. I don't like paying the, losing the time value of money. It goes out long enough. And obviously, you're not losing as much time value in those early, early months. So you go out long enough, it may be a decent way to play it as well. I just buy the stocks. So, you know, with Unity, I would just buy the stock. If you're underwater, you can always rate a covered call against it if you think you're going down. But then what ends up happening is you end up, you know, it ends up going without you and you lose the stock. The one reason why when you're buying these growthy names and you're turning around selling calls and you're getting, you know, those cost bases down is you're taking on a lot of the risk if the stock continues to move down. You're not getting as much of the upside if it has a rip-roaring rally just suddenly. So, you know, it's a tricky way to play it. I've always just been in the impression you like the company, you buy it but buying at a reasonable price. And I don't know how to value any of this stuff. Like, I mean, Spotify, Unity, you know, even at least Square, I can say it's trading 50 times earnings. It's growing. Is it reasonable growth rate? It, it's, you know, I don't know if it's reasonable or not, but, you know, I've taken a shot on that one. I, I've got a portfolio that is shoved full of value. I need a little bit of growth. So again, it's got to be your own, building your portfolio, what do you want it to look like? I like mine to look conservative. I like mine because I don't like making money and losing money. So, you know, how to square fit in that? Well, when you've got 90% value stocks, you need a little bit of growth in there. So you got to pick a few that you like. Will I stick Unity in there? I think at some point in time, because I do believe it'll be a big part of the metaverse, but I think the metaverse is a long ways away from making a difference in our lives. I, You know what's frustrating here also is like, we can't control... When the market, if the market gets ahead of you, right, you can't control that. So, like, if you were bullish, like, uh, like, like all of the Ark stocks and all of Kathy Wood stuff, and 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 you bought it all in 2019, right, because you were super bullish, and or 2018 or whatever, uh-huh. and then and then it got way ahead of you, right, yeah. and 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 you agree with everything she says. It's a five year, it's a ten year story, and then it just got, it became a a one year story, and that's not. That's not your fault, but you and you can't control that. And now you're paying the price for so you ended up in a way you may still be right, but you're paying the price for exuberance, right? Ahead yeah. of time, and it's not your fault. So it just makes things it, that that's one of the things that makes this game really, really difficult is you can end up being right. This goes back to the telecom the comment you made earlier. Um, it's just sometimes things get it the market gets ahead of you and it that sucks that's it's a great point it that's what it did in 2020 got ahead of everything and i mean there's going to be growth in all of these stocks that kathy wood owns there's going to be growth in all of these names they're all i agree with the disruptive technology i believe a lot of these names are going to be here in the long term there's a lot of them that won't be but there's a lot of them that will be and she's taking, you know, educated bets. But to come in and, you know, and, you know, doing, I don't know how, how she gets these numbers to say that, you know, they're all going to grow into these valuations because some of them are just so extreme. It's like, I don't know how you're even doing that. So, you know, I, it's a different, you know, she has a different investing philosophy than I do, which is why I obviously butt heads, yeah, you know, with you make money. <laughs> well, I don't know on the long. Again, I've said this about myself. I think I'm a great trader. I think my PL proves that, you know, on a daily basis. I think as a long-term investor, Jerry's I think I could be better. Yeah. And that's why I'm here a lot of the times. I'm not making a hell of a lot of money on this show. It's like, you know, I'm here because I learn from the chat. 
I learn from people like Mark Chicken, yeah. who's coming on. I learn from a lot of people, and you're always got to be learning. And if I just became a hermit and, you know, all of a sudden just went off Twitter and went off social media and stopped doing the show and just traded my own thing, eventually I'd become a dinosaur because you're not learning from other people. You've always got to be learning from other people. Even if you think they know more or you know more or whoever knows more, it doesn't matter. You can always learn something from some from somebody else. Even if they don't know as much as you, you might pick something up. Um, and then you might spin it and make it your own. That's what I've always tried to do. So I think you've got to continue to be learning. You've got to continue to be, you know, in out there interacting with people. It's the way you learn how to do things. And it's the way you, you get different ideas. I mean, you know, Mitch has been on, you know, and he brought us Workhorse, you know, and he brought us a lot of these great stocks. And a lot of these stocks went up a thousand percent. They really went up, you know, and they've come back down in valuations. You know, it's a different type of market. But you got to realize what type of market you're in and then adjust for it. So the chat has, I've learned so much from it. I want to keep learning from it. And, you know, I need, I need to learn a lot on the investing side of it because I, I trade my investing account too much. There's too much trader in me. And I look at that and think, even with the square, I'm like, should I just cut out? I'm basically at even here now, but I was just up 20%. But I think, then I think long-term, I think, do I think square is going away? Do I think, you know, I, I think there is still a long-term story here, but maybe I'm wrong. So that's why I stay diversified. It's tricky. Investing is very hard. And you know what I think, and you're making a great point there. And I think what, you know, different is like, we, we try and learn not only from our own mistakes, but from other people's mistakes. I mean, you know, no one on Twitter, like Dennis, you, you have losing trades. You really shouldn't be on Twitter. I mean, you, you, <laughs> you, you should admit, talk about them on Twitter. Because yeah, really I mean, it's it. just like, and I almost was going to say that to you because you, you tweeted about something. I swear I retweeted yesterday. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm like, Dennis, 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 you're going to lose followers. You're, you know, and I, oh, I made 978, you know, and that's all you see on there. But you never, you never hear like, wow, you know, I got smoked on this. It's like every trade, every person that tweets, and then they all retweet each other. Oh, I had that one too, but. You, when the market's going down, you know, you, you never hear anything. So. Nobody owned Facebook yesterday. Joel. Yeah, no one. No one's like, nobody owned Facebook. Facebook. The destruction of wealth Facebook. didn't happen for anybody on Twitter. I'll tell you that. Much. No way. No way. I bet that. you there's not one person on Twitter that admits. Go to go to Twitter and, 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 and see. Put in Facebook and see if one person on there said, oh, man, I'm just getting stuffed on this. Or I tried to buy it at 270. Or I tried to buy it at 260. Or I tried to buy it at 250. Wow, it might get to that 245 today. Look at us down 7336. It can go anywhere. It could pull up PayPal and you know open at the highs and continue I, to tank, or it might just rebound. It's widely owned, it's widely loved. I tend to think it'll bounce a little bit, but I don't want to be the first one. I did buy Netflix, remember though, and actually that did work out. But I waited until and people I had the great question from the from my Twitter account last night. Somebody's saying, Well, if you're not catching falling knives and you're not chasing, when are you buying? And the, the diff, and that's a, a such a fantastic question because it's a great point he's making. It's like it sounds like you're not going to be buying at all. Well, when I bought Netflix, it gapped down in the earnings. Did not buy the first day because I always let the dust settle. Rule. Karen Feinerman calls it a three day rule. I kind of have the same thing. Let it settle for a couple of days and let's see where it starts to stabilize. Well, we went down to three fifty and then we bounced and then we came back and we were trying to retest the three fifty. I was like, ah, now I have a level that I can lean on. And I bought it at three sixty two, I think. Um, the low that day was 356, and then the next day it went up a little bit, and then the Ackman thing happened, and then the thing blasted off. But, you know, it's coming back in now, and now here's the, the trader <laughs> in me saying maybe – so I timed the buy on my Netflix absolutely perfect. I timed the square buy absolutely yep. perfect, again, buying on the retest. 
as trades, I would be long gone on those. But because I stuck them in the long-term investment portfolio, that's telling me, well, you you got the perfect entry. Why, you know, and you want this for the next, you know, three or four years. Why are you trading out of it? So, but the trader in me says, book that gain, book that gain, because it's going to go away. You're in this environment that it goes away. So if it was a trading account, I would absolutely sell Netflix. I would have absolutely have sold Square. But because I put in a long-term investing account, that struggle between investing and trading, you know, I, I struggle with that on a continuous basis, you know, keeps me in it. So I time my entries very well, usually. So again, when I'm buying, I'm not catching on the first day or the second day, waiting for stabilization and then buying on a retest and saying, if it passes that test, then, you know, that's how I would set up my trades. What's like, the, I mean, and I, and I know you don't want to do this because you're running a, a million different things in your head, but just to alluding what Mark was saying, you know, what, it, and I have no idea, I don't have my options platform off, but you know, what, what, on the close yesterday, what do you think like the weekly, you know, 430 call was going for? Some ridiculous amount. I mean, if you're holding this, I mean, is it going to keep running? Of course, you don't know what's going to happen with the Facebook, but I think that's what Mark, I mean, it's difficult and you're right. And then it you opens could, you up. You could write a call, bring down your cost basis. You can continue to write calls. The one but thing, why, and I used to do this back in 2007, 2008, Walmart. Right? buy Walmart. stocks, write calls, buy stocks, write calls. What happened? Man, we're getting smacked around. But what happened yeah. to change my long-term call writing is that in 2009, Walmart. I got called away on all of my stocks. Like I wrote the queues. I had bought a, a pile of queues at, in the longer-term account at, I think, oh my gosh. What's going on here? Are we wow, getting some, dropped, get some we, news? We dropped a little bit, Joel. It's, 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 we dropped six points. We're down 60. So we, we dropped a little bit. Let's not uh, let's go back to the conversation. Just Sorry. Because I think this is important that we're talking, you know, the long-term investing. And everybody wants to turn around, buy stock, rate calls, buy stocks, rate calls. But what happened to me in 2009 was I bought a pile of cues. I think I bought my cues at like 40 bucks, like, you know, 40, not 400, 40. And I wrote up like the 50 calls for like two bucks or something. I was like, oh, I'm bringing 38. You know, it'd be a great return. I called away on all those cues and those cues are now worth $359. And I kept, I kept, a, a, I kept a little bit of the cues from that original position and I still have it. And that's what built my long-term portfolio. So because I got called away on two thirds of the position back then, um, you know, I, and it may not have happened. So I got called away on eBay. I had bought it at 11. This was before the PayPal spinoff. So you have to add on the PayPal price too. I wrote 15. I got called away. Every 2009, I got called away on my entire portfolio. And then 2009, 10, 11, we went for this huge bull run. And I got left behind on a lot of these stocks. And it was all because I was trying to bring in an extra 10%. And I missed hundreds of percents because of that. So it's a tricky environment because when you're writing calls, you're taking all the risk. When you're writing covered calls, you're taking all the risk of the downside but not getting all of the upside. And that's why I wonder if those returns aren't skewed in the long run to make you, your investing portfolio not look as good. That's a, And it's just a question. It's not necessary. I don't have any empirical data on this, but it happened to me. And that's why I don't write covered calls in my long-term portfolio anymore. Um, We'd be remiss not to at least acknowledge the effect that Facebook is having on other stocks here this morning, uh, Pinterest and Snapchat and Twitter, but Pinterest and Snapchat in particular, because they report earnings tonight. Holy the bar is low. Oh. On the other hand, I really don't think it matters. I really think there's probably nothing that they can say that would turn the tide right now for either of them. Uh, Pinterest, Joel and I talked about this on the at the close yesterday. They they have their own issues. They, they, they've they had a number of key executives leave in the last few months. Um, if, if Facebook cited 
Apple's privacy policy last night. Snapchat has already cited that. Pinterest has already cited that. So they will probably just continue to blame that. And um, also, you know, these are advertising-based businesses. And when you have the supply chain problem and you can't get product out, why would you advertise, right? So, uh, Dave, that's been cited as well previously. Facebook said that last night in their report. So I think the, the, the bar is low. And I, I think there's frankly no reason to 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 look at any look at Pinterest or Snapchat on the long side, despite the low bar. Um, that that's sort of my take heading, heading into tonight. Well, it's like making it. new lows. I always say when a stock makes a new low, you have to go. You don't want to own stocks making new 52-week lows because new 52-week lows usually beget more 52-week lows. I will say the Snapchat bar, like you said, is incredibly low. Facebook, they're hitting Snapchat down 17% this morning, and Snapchat hasn't even said anything yet. Mm -hmm. So the bar is very low. If they can say anything okay, you could have a relief rally in it. Is there anything more than that? Probably not. I mean, you look at Snapchat, and, you know, have they ever, they've never made money, have they? Have they ever been profitable? They they turned it. Are they profitable, Snapchat? Yes, Snapchat is profitable. Uh, Well, they were before COVID. no, they were they were actually no trailing basis is no piece. They must they, have lost they, money no, last they, year. Their, their first quarter of profitability was actually the first quarter, Q4 2019 was they were profitable. They were pro, they were profitable for the fiscal year 2020 and uh and 21. They were profitable. So yeah. They make money. They don't make a ton of money. I see a forward earnings of 71. And if Facebook's businesses are in decline, core businesses, Snapchat, who the hell uses Snapchat anymore? Uh, yeah, just question to the chat. I mean, does a lot of people do use Snapchat still? I, so I, I use it, but I, I, I got to say, and maybe this is an indication, is I probably get a, a push notification from Snapchat mm, probably four to five times a week, maybe more, maybe six or seven times a week. And like they are trying really, really hard to get me to open the app. Like they will send me notifications for like the most innocuous stuff. Oh, a new contact in your phone is on Snapchat. Wow. Oh, have you tried this feature? Oh, do this thing. They will. They are trying so hard to so get hard. me to open the app. Too hard. And yeah, so so maybe that's an indication of uh of their user base and, and how active or non-active they are. Cause I think technically I am a, a, a monthly active user. Well, I know I am, uh, but I'm not that active. So <laughs> I don't know. The stock at the close of yesterday and this market cap is going to be lower now because the stock is significantly down, but at the close of yesterday it was worth 54 billion. I think it's like 51. Yeah. So if you have their shares outstanding 50 million shares, I'm just doing the quick 1.3 million shares. It's down another, how much is Six. down? Another six bucks, nine billion. It's probably worth forty-five billion dollars still. This app that doesn't no have the growth it. that it once upon a time did is still worth forty-five yeah. billion dollars. Wrap your head around how much money that is. Wrap your head about what you know, what you know, companies that are actually producing stuff. Forty-five billion dollars. I know we we're throwing those numbers around, but we're not in this Kansas market anymore. Where it's free money everywhere, tightening Fed. I mean, forty-five billion. It would be reasonable to think. That Snapchat, if you just asked me, what is that worth? I'd say like oh, a few billion dollars. Forty-five billion dollars? It's worth forty-five billion dollars still. That makes me think it's going to two bucks. So I mean, you can say it's cheap at twenty-six, and I think it could bounce because it's just such a low bar. But to Spencer Israel's point, 
these businesses are under attack right now. The competition is intense, and the and the and the values of these things are insane. So it's traded 71 on a forward basis PE, but I mean, look even further than that. I'm not even sure they can hit those numbers. So no, it's a no touch for me. Sorry, not interested in Snapchat whatsoever. Not interested. Not on the long term account. You know, if it bounces, we'll trade anything, but. No, not All a right. long-term account. I'm not shorting it into a report, though, that the bar is this low. Let's do some ticker time. Bravo Mo nine nineteen ninety two. I hope I got that right. Asked dropped us a, a fiver. Asked us to look at Estee Lauder and MSG Entertainment, which is MSGS. So let's start with EL here. I've not looked at these charts today, and I don't know. I think EL had yeah, reported, didn't it? I think they yeah. I was going to say I think they reported. So let's look at EL's numbers real fast. Uh, this wow, is, uh, flat. That's crazy. Uh, the the EPS beat the sales beat the guidance. Oh, Q three EPS light. EPS guidance was very light. The fiscal year EPS guidance was was fine, but their their EPS guidance for the current quarter was not so good. Is it offered lower, Dennis? Can was there any No, it's market? a bit flat there, but man, I don't like that guidance. But I don't know. People um, are looking, you know, non-tech though, right? So right now they're hiding. And I mean, you come in a day like this, you expect every stock to be down. I can look at my up filter. There's a lot of stocks up today. And the reason is yeah. a lot of stocks, they're all non-tech. Non-tech is getting bad. Bank, the banks are getting bad. Verizon's getting bad. I mean, the you know Ralph Lauren is up significantly. And maybe that, that, news beat, there. They've earnings. Yeah. Ralph Lauren. Yeah. Yep. It's up ten. Yep. So you 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 can clearly see there. I mean, most stocks are down. Don't kid yourself. But you come in a day, you're down sixty handles in the S and P. You're like, oh, it's gonna be a bloodbath. Every stock's down. There's a lot of stocks that are up today. Some individual news, but you know, Pepsi's up again. You know, some of your consumer staples are up again. Comcast is up. And that's your your Q's components, which we've talked about yesterday. Exact opposite day to the Google, where you're gonna see those non-tech components of the Q's actually show strength because the rotation out of the the tech is so strong that they've got to buy the non-tech to keep the cues, you know, from just imploding. So I don't know. EL, as we just mentioned, it is. Yeah. It's a, I don't it, like that report. Yeah. Uh, notwithstanding the report, it had, you know, a nice run with the market into the report. So I know the close was what? Uh, 1917. I'd say if this thing gets bid, gets 320 bid, then, you know, when you get one big buyer in here, I mean, this thing, there's nothing between 320 and 340. That's if, if if it can, you know, clear the previous day's high and get bid above 320. If you're looking to buy it, like if they'd say, oh, that guidance is horrible and they want to, you want to try and buy this on a, a pullback. You've had just about a 40 point move off the low from that last Monday's low. So that would bring you back into the $300 area. If you, you know, if you're looking like you want 302, 303, if you want to pick it up on the cheap. But, All right. uh, let's go real quick here. Uh, let's go MSGS. And then I, I see I see tickers flying, and we're, we're, we're going to cover a few more. I mean, these are reopening oh, trades. Yeah. You think we're going to get a reopening here? I'd rather be long this kind of stock. I still have my win. I'd rather be long these kind of stocks in tech right now. So I don't know if this reported or whatever. It but, did. You know, it I, did. But it's a reopening play, bottom line. I, I think, and again, it's hard to give a technical on something that just reported because it'll have a violent swing. Its liquidity is very low. It's traded 13 shares today. So it obviously hasn't priced in any of the earnings report yet. But, you know, I do like the reopening stocks. They've been getting hammered. I think on pullbacks here, I'd actually be inclined to buy some of the reopening names. But I said that three weeks ago, and we continue to get hammered on everything. Mm. So it's a tough market right now. 
All right. Uh, I just look at the two-day high. If you could get above the two-day high here, maybe some room on the upside. That's 167. So actually, two highs. Keep an eye on 167.50 on the upside. Uh, if you want to try and buy it on the cheap, maybe closer to 160. 160.50 is your two-day low. As we continue, continue to, to well, fall uh, here Christine, the Christine Lagarde has been speaking now for the last 20 minutes. She, oh, she's no draggy. All right, uh, Penn National, they had reported this morning, and they announced a $750 million stock buyback. Whoopee! It's a reopening stock. Again, I think I, I own Penn, bag holder in Penn in the long-term account. Wish I didn't have it. I sold half of it at a loss and after the Portnoy debacle. Bought it at the worst possible time. The Portnoy news happened three days after I put it in the long-term account, and it was a mistake. And I sold half of it uh, at the loss, and I kept on to half of it. Mistake should have sold it all at $62, and it's 45 here now. So bag holding this, I don't even know what to do on it in the long-term account. But I do think there's a reopening play. I think these a lot of this stuff is overdone on the reopening stocks, but who knows? I mean, this is a market that stocks, you know, rip, and then they get hit harder oh, than this they is did the time. Oh, this is the great time. Oh, it's the NFL playoffs. Oh, is it the debate? Like, shouldn't these things just be ripping instead of offering $5,000? Nothing. You're in a bad market environment here, right. though, too. So, you know, nothing has been ripping. I mean, I think that's why it is a stock picker's market right now. I do think if you're buying some reopening stocks, I do think you're going to be happy. But, I mean, if the S&P start to make take out the lows, do you want to own any stocks at all? So you can have the best stock in the world. It could actually outperform on a relative basis. And, and Penn probably has. I mean, if you look at where it started the year to where it is, I guess it's market basis, but it's definitely not been hit as hard as some of the other stocks. So I don't know. I'll just go with this one inside day uh, from the previous day's range. So clears 47 and a half. Uh, I'd buy it on strength. It breaks down through 45, seller on weakness. And then you can see uh, the lows, actual low of the move was 41.37. But quiet right. inside day, let the market shake it out. All right, let's get off that and go to T-Mobile here. They reported last night their earnings were good. EPS was extremely good. 34 cents is what they reported for the last quarter versus an 18 cent estimate. Their sales was much closer. It was in line, but it was actually a a smidgen on, on, on the white side. But bottom line there, earnings was a big beat. Maybe there is some weird accounting thing there, but that's a that's a big big number. Of big help that it's a non-tech component in the queues. Don't disregard that fact that when they hammer yep. Facebook and all of a sudden it's a non-tech component that actually T-Mobile, and again, it was a good report, but I mean, oh. it, it was going to be up. If it didn't report, it would be up today. For the simple reason is that they hammered all the technology so much, and this is defensive within the queue. So the rotation within the index helps it out. But it's a big report. It's a big pop, though, right into all yeah. these 120, 122. You're go. buying you it, it now. You're doing it backwards. Say it gotta all the time. got to get through 120. You gotta, if you get through 120, see what happens at 122 and... I'll leave it after that. I don't even. I don't think we'll see one twenty four. You've only leaked two bucks off that high, so see what happens at uh, two daily highs at uh, one twenty, and then a couple more highs at one twenty two. On the downside, where to buy this thing on a pullback? Um, I'll leave that to the top of yesterday's range at one ten fifty. All right. Uh, we usually have Peter Tuckman on at this time, but he just said he can't do it. He got to cancel at the last minute, so uh, we're gonna wrap the show. But it's nine o'clock. Uh, this is the time we normally end uh, on, on any given day. I'll so. get all your tickers on our pre-market prep plus. We missed a ton of them. We can follow the price action in Facebook right what, up to. The I just want to say well. one thing too is 
respect those lows of the move. You're going to get some challenges today where they're actually not even 50% retracements. The stocks are actually imploded the whole thing. So the, the lows of the move, meaning from four or five days ago or six days ago when we made the lows, you got to respect those. And, you know, if you are, if you're not long enough growth, you know, maybe you do want to take this dip opportunity to maybe position yourself a little bit more in growthy stuff. I don't think all the pain trades over yet, but I do think that there is some opportunity here. And I think there's trading opportunities where you could see some bounces if stocks start approaching their lows from four or five days ago when we started ripping out of here. So just as much as we were overbought, um, you know, and we rallied twenty percent on some of these names in three days. I mean, we've you given it all trying back. To, trying to be bullish again? <laughs> is, is this that... is how I work. I know. As a trader, I know. this I know. is how you're supposed to be doing it. When it's ripping higher, you're selling. When it's dipping lower, you're buying. Yeah. So I mean, again, you know, where everybody wanted me to buy stocks yesterday or the day before. Um, and yeah, we continue to rip higher for an extra day on that. I'm like, no, it's not the way I'm doing it as a trader. So I'm, re- I'm, I'm setting up, you know, potential bounces, you know, and, and obviously, you know, sometimes they take out the lows and then you got to say, okay, it didn't work out. But when you get a retest of a low, I mean, AMD, let's talk about this one here. So AMD, $100, huge level. That was a level of all levels. It had a wicked bounce out of there. People are ripping and buying it. This is a great report, 130. It's going back to all-time highs. Well, it's not. We're in a bad environment. So let's pull back to 120. But again, you think AMD gets down to that one. I don't know if it's going to get back to 100 because, you know, it is a good company and it is growing. Lisa Suit does know what she's doing. And maybe you get AMD as a shot at 112 or 113 today. Maybe you take that shot. But I think on pullbacks here, I'm looking at the companies that were really ripping. And, you know, baby with the bathwater, Facebook's taking them all down. Maybe there is some opportunities to buy some of these other stocks. Square is getting hit because of PayPal so hard that, you know, maybe that was a bad pick. But, I mean, I look at a lot of these other names, and there are some opportunities on this dip today. Don't kid yourself. All right, Dennis. Have a great rest of your day. I hope hope you stay green. Or not that you're not green now, but you know what I mean. I hope you just have a good day. Uh, We're trying. That's that's what I hope you guys all have a good day, too. All right. Uh, Hey, uh, this chart is from Benzinga Pro. I cannot recommend Benzinga Pro enough. If you are new here, you don't know what that is. It is our real-time news and research platform. It's got charts, as you can see. It's got calendars for earnings, for ratings. It's got SEC filings, press releases. It's got a tool for where you can find where stocks are halted, when they're making new highs or new lows, when they're gapping, when there's unusual options. It's got a movers tool to find the biggest movers. It's got a scanner tool. It's got a screener. You can look at fundamental information. Go look at the financials. Look at balance sheets. Look at news. We've got a news feed. There's a ton. There's a squawk feature. There is a ton of good stuff. If you're not in Benzinga Pro, seriously, seriously, at the very least, check it out for a free two-week trial. Pro.benzinga.com. The link is on the screen there. For real, it is worth every penny. I am not just saying that. I genuinely believe it. All right. We got to hop live. Trading with Benzinga is going live in a couple of minutes. Mitch Zunaid. Ryan, everyone, please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 
96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Go make some money and good luck.